Welcome back to Squawking Dead, my little goslings. Did everyone stock up on shitting pants? Because I ran out sometime between Simon filling Gregory's stomach up with his love and Negan and Gabriel's great walker escape. Episode 5, The Big Scary You Unknown, continues the slow transition from our initial quartet of intense episodes to the dialogue-driven scenes we know and love. However, we still managed to get a crazy explosion and a helicopter flyover. I called it that they would have a mid-air firefight in our last episode, but I was totally kidding. Now might be a good time to remind everyone that we still haven't seen a single flash forward yet and i personally predict that one of these flash forward scenes will show up completely out of left field and only at the start of some random episode near the end of mid-season break because that's the way these abusive writers always roll i mean my friends keep telling me that i need to leave them but they don't know them like i do No, they don't. After probably saying goodbye to King Ezekiel in our last episode, letting him rest for a little while, and with the kingdom now silent, faith in our beloved team's plan will be tested. The scent of civil war is in the air. Gabriel and Negan are sniffing out each other's weaknesses. The savior lieutenants smell a mole. The taste of loyalty in the mouths of the sanctuary workers has gone sour. And Gregory's belly is full of Simon Sorghum pancake batter. And yet I smile. I smile because I just got the news that our podcast is now on Google Play Music. You can search for Squawking Dead the Google Play in the Google Play Music Store from the podcast section or head over to our SoundCloud page and click on the handy dandy link in our profile. There's also a new menu on our Facebook page called Squawking Dead Episodes that cuts out the middleman and allows you to stream the show straight from there along with buttons along the top that will take you to our Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music Podcasts, and even our Twitter profile when clicked. As always, it is my honor to introduce the starter of shows, leader of the Judith Resistance, bearer of dark humor. Ah, what an intro to live up to. Jeez, where to start? I think this was a pretty straightforward episode, but this is what I called it. I've been calling it for the past, what, two weeks? We were, I was waiting for this Negan, Father Gabriel confessional thing. The Catholic in me told me that this was happening. I could feel it in my spirit and... That's what we got. It wasn't to the full extent of what I was hoping for, but it was a step in trying to get a little bit more idea where Negan's coming from, uh, which I appreciated. But I did think it was interesting to kind of show um, a lot of like dissension and mutiny in the ranks and not just between Rick and Daryl, but also just among the saviors too, um, which I thought was kind of interesting how they're experiencing similar issues on both sides. And also kind of um, showing how, ironically enough, Negan and Rick seem to have similar mindsets of, you know, we, we can't just arbitrarily kill people the way um, it seems that uh, Daryl and um, Simon seem more okay with. Um, Negan and Rick, ironically, are not. Um, by no stretch of the imagination would I necessarily compare the two because Negan is very much a sociopath regardless <laughs> of that. No matter how you cut it, he is a sociopath. But it's interesting um, the parallels that they were trying to draw. I was like, alright, I see what you're doing here. Okay. Um, so, But I thought it was a pretty straightforward episode. I mean, there were a few kind of like, hmm, like, what is this helicopter all about? Hmm, you oh, know? Yeah. So, um, but you know, we'll get to all the specifics of that. But I thought it was pretty straightforward. I thought, I thought it was um, definitely a nice setting up for the next coming episodes, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And even from the start of the show, the one thing that I called that they—I mean, it—it's it, not a stretch of the imagination that they would actually start rewinding the show from the bat from from the beginning of the season. You know, practically what happened in the trailer. Well, it, to do that, we need to actually go back in time because time has moved forward like a, at least you know a handful of hours from the time you know Rick 
like Storm the Armory and right. Kingdom Storm the well didn't really get to Storm the Chem Plant, which mm-hmm. which we called the heavy artillery ar- uh, warehouse or facility. Right. Um, so and I will say that I think that The Walking Dead does a good job of uh, illustrating time. I, I'm usually pretty clear on where we are. That they do a pretty good job of kind of making it clear, like okay, this happened at this point. Um, when we you know we see Gregory talking to Simon, and you know we kind of understand like okay, you know this this must have been when Gregory went there. And then when eventually they go out, when Negan and his lieutenants go out to the balcony, we kind of realize, okay, this was their vantage point from when Rick and and the group attacked the sanctuary. The sanctuary. So we have a pretty good, clear. We have a very clear idea of where we are in the timeline, right. as opposed to the first four episodes, where sometimes it wasn't very clear. Right. It was a little disjointed. Very yeah, disjointed. And, and nobody knew what was going on, and where? Oh, where are they? And literally in our chats back and forth, we were kind of like, so "Where are they here? I'm gonna have to rewatch this episode right. because I don't know what's going on, especially with the kingdom. I, I just don't know." Right. Exactly. We weren't necessarily clear on what the missions were and where they were going and where what what outposts were they going to especially because they had so many different factions of like you know the jesus group and you know the kingdom group and it was like where are they all what what is the mission what are they trying to hit so i think that this episode was pretty clear cut pretty clear cut you know okay we're at the sanctuary this is a negan centric savior centric episode with some rick and daryl also in there yeah with the vein of rick and daryl oh speaking mm-hmm. of veins how many penis references man that's just Jeez. So, yeah, such a phallic-y, penis-y, veiny, throbby How, how do episode. you feel about that? Because there are a lot of people that are split on it. No, no, really? no. I say, no, no, no. I say that because in the comics, he very much is like that. However, a lot of people feel that it doesn't translate as well to screen, that they feel that it's a little gimmicky, a little... Because, you know, in a comic, like, you can get away with certain things because you're, you're talking about just like a panel and the, the dialogue needs to jump off of a panel and you can get away with outlandish sort of dialogue. Whereas on a screen coming out of a real human being's mouth, sometimes it just doesn't... <laughs> doesn't translate the same way. So I know that some people are sort of, uh, you know, kind of not necessarily feeling it, but then, you know, the purists like the fact that you know some of the stuff is like word for word from what's in the comic yeah i i'm not really split on it i i I can see your point i can see your point about having it be a little bit too much but i will say one thing it's as long as it's really limited to negan in a way i don't know if it necessarily matters like if it's just one character on the show and that's his thing yeah it it doesn't bother me as much although you did get hints of that let's say from simon and then and the other lieutenants let's say in the group but but it's but even that is more of an illustration of how okay let's say like Simon is the almost Negan you know so you get hints of it but it's not quite the same as when it comes out of Negan Negan it's overt it's obvious and I think it drives a point home and I think he's he knows he's being obvious too you know he he kind of alluded as much in this episode as well yeah the idea of him being um, that character that guy I mean he Mm -hmm. says you know he basically says Gabriel just set fires back he says you're you're the asshole and he goes yeah I know yeah no, yeah, that is he very knows true. what he's doing. And like, especially at the end, uh, which I mean, we'll cover. I just want to cover the lines as they come out because yeah. they're just so I actually I actually ended translating, transliterating them like word for word. <laughs> 
It's because they're just so good. They're just so yeah. funny. Yeah. It's and, which is again comical. something that they needed. Yeah. They needed in this show a little bit uh, to just keep inserting this left and right, left and right. Because I think part of what they're trying to recover from the last few seasons is the complete and almost non complete barren lack of humor in the, you know in the series. Who, well, you know who and who always interjected his levity was Abraham. Abraham, I didn't I think did a very good job of sort of like interjecting this sort of kind of macho kind of like I don't know terms sometimes that were so ridiculous but they were just funny and I think he definitely for me like I miss Abraham for that like I think he had moments that were really funny to me well yeah and even even Eugene who's been like largely absent uh, until now and that was kind of a a nice little relief like every even when he was being deadpan he just was just a funny ridiculous character he is he is definitely a funny unbelievable (laughs) he definitely is so let's let's go from the top of the show I actually sectioned off our discussions by scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, basically point of view scene, because there's it's it it is easier to do it that way. Yes, and I do want to start from the top of the show because I don't know about you, but I was looking at the Gabriel and his church scene, mm-hmm. and basically saying, you know, what I fear is a fruitless death, and what I ask right. for after you've given me so much is purpose. Is right. there's a part of me that does not like that scene, and I'll tell you why. It's okay. It's the idea that they've just inserted a concept just randomly for there to be a a vein like this clear vein for Gabriel like this clear uh, yes. purpose I don't yeah. like having to say this I do like it but it, it occurred to me like after watching it like almost three and a half times that I'm like oh wait they could have maybe even done without this scene they could have you know I mean, I mean <laughs> I, the, the show has been accused quite often of basically kind of like spoon feeding you know like the purpose of what they're trying to do. It's like, I don't think it was necessary to do you know, I think we get it. I think we've seen Gabriel's arc on the show. So it's like, I would buy that, okay, you know, he is looking to, you know, to, to to basically redeem himself from the coward that he was at the start and basically make sure that even if he dies, that, you know, he's he's done some good, you know, beforehand. I don't need necessarily, I don't, I didn't necessarily need it to understand that. I get it, what they were trying to kind of illustrate. I was like, you know, I saw the scene and I was like, well, you know, what have I been saying? I'm like, Gabriel's not getting out of this alive. <laughs> it's like, this like every episode. So, oh, so he's done. So basically this was just kind of like, yep. <laughs> yep. Of course. Because of course. Of course. All right. Who's responsible for this scene? I really didn't need it. Just waste my time. We know it, what's going to happen. We know what's going to happen. It's like, it wasn't, yeah, it, it totally wasn't needed. <laughs> You know, oh. I I understand what they were trying to go with, but yeah, it wasn't needed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there there are like it's kind of like I was saying to you be, before the show. There, the show is fairly cut and dry in terms of even analysis. I don't really have too much, but what I will say, what lacks for subtext, it makes up for in cinematography and scene. Um, yes construction because the way that scene transitions the way it's filmed the way the camera pans the close-ups to, Gre- uh, to G- gregory uh, father gabriel i'll get to gregory <laughs> to father gabriel uh, he seems to have a lot of up close face yeah. shots in so many scenes and he's such a pivotal character in this episode and unlike a lot of people i actually even though father gabriel is not most people would regard him as a throwaway character uh, i don't think in so. some respects um, yeah like, Oh, I, I, why can't he go away? That feeling. 
<laughs> you know, oh, he did. No, so like for me, I I actually enjoy characters like that that are done in such a way that they disrupt the show in a way. Like they, right. they disrupt the progression of of a certain group, a certain character. And Gabriel certainly did that when he was introduced. Like, who is this guy who managed to live this long? Right. And then they meet up with this guy, and he's playing catch up, and he's playing catch up really fast. And of course, yeah. you run into problems. But the way he comes about, he he has his moments and they're really sticky, but having the turbulent nature of him having to catch up the way he did mm -hmm. and then reaching to this moment, it's kind of exciting to see it, literally the title of the show is the big scary you, which is un unknown, which is something Gregory says. And to me, Gabriel is the very definition of an unknown in yes. that respect because of who he is. So I like disruptions to the show. I like sometimes mm -hmm. I like those little annoyances. You know? Yeah, I do, because I think it keeps you on your toes you know like i think that there are certain characters that you can pivot pretty easily but you don't know necessarily what direction they could go i mean you could pivot gabriel in several different directions you know and i think that's what makes him interesting like you're not necessarily sure you know you always like have a bit of a doubt with him from his background and you know yes he's had this arc but you know a lot of people kind of thought like oh could he be a mole or this or whatever like i mean he he definitely keeps you on your toes so I don't think he's a throwaway character either. I think he's an interesting character. I think he can be a frustrating character yeah. sometimes, but I think that makes him compelling. Yeah, yeah. I don't think many people will agree with us there, but no. but I, I, I do like you have to appreciate it for for sure. You have to appreciate right. it even though you're just so frustrated by it, you know, sometimes. Right. Exactly. But, you know, I, I, I kinda laugh at people that get frustrated at Game Father Gabriel. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. He's so, still here. Sorry. Yeah. He's still here. Yeah, definitely. So let's see. Oh yes. Oh yes. Because you know where I'm gonna go. I'm I actually going in chronological your here. You're gonna go right into <laughs> your man. Your guy, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm waking up in the sanctuary. Oh, where am I? Oh. By the way, side tangent. Did you yes. know that in real life, the actor who plays Gregory, which is Xander Berkeley, and the actor who plays um, Simon, Stephen Ogg, are roommates in real life, and they produce different things together, Wait like a minute. side pet projects. Yeah, they're like uh, the odd couple. Yes, please tell yes. me they're like the odd couple. Yes, yes, they are. And Isn't that hilarious? Chemistry. Holy crap! Yes, yeah, they're roommates, well, you... and they work on all sorts of pet projects. You know, I'm wondering if Og was in. There was that Hulu series that Xander Berkeley largely starred in, and it was um. Oh yeah, I think it was called The Booth at the End, and it was this mm -hmm. really great series. It's like a I think it ran two seasons, but there it's like eight episodes a season or something. And it's literally in a booth in a diner. And this is how talented Xander Berkeley is. He's this guy that can make things happen, basically. And you don't see any scenes except the ones in the diner. You know, it's just two people sitting across a table and he's there all day just drinking coffee. Mm -hmm. And somehow he's able to manipulate these people's lives, the people that come in and talk to him, you know, that they know he can make things happen. And it's just this fascinating thing. And it just, it just, this is kind of like the reason why I like Xander Berkeley. He has this range. He has this, this way of pulling you into whatever character he plays. He's just demented. And so now that I know that Stephen Ogg is part of that, I kind of want to go back and see if he, was, if he was ever involved in any of those episodes in any capacity because now I just want to see it. How did you yeah, find this well, out? I was listening to the, one of the radio shows I was listening to in the morning and they were talking about him and they were and they mentioned how they 
interviewed him, one of them interviewed um, specifically Stephen Ogg. And Stephen Ogg was the one who told them that they were roommates and that they work on these projects together, this kind of stuff. I was like, wow, who knew? Oh my God, this is like something I'm going to look at before I sleep tonight. <laughs> no, great. I'm telling you, it exists. It's true. Oh, that's Gregory and Simon too. Can you imagine? <laughs> like a sitcom? Yes, yes. Of course. It would be like a sci-fi sitcom, like a very campy slash, you know, dark humor sitcom. But yeah, yes. it would be in my brain. It's something I'd invent. <laughs> I think, it, but, it, but it writes itself. <laughs> it does. It, it, hence that scene, that scene with the, the wakey, wakey, eggs, pen, cakey. Yeah. I mean, like this is, this is their life, like on a regular. <laughs> yeah. That's literally, Simon does it. I, you know what? I can see Xander doing it to Simon every day and then Simon, oh, I can't wait to get into the scene because you do this to me every goddamn right. morning. Right. Right. Yeah. I you know what? You're, in, you're totally right. I could totally actually see that. Actually. <laughs> I, I do. I I do love this scene though because it's like Stephen August is he's such a bizarre creep or, or the Simon character the right hand man he's he's menacing without being overtly menacing like there's right. just something menacing suggestively, about him. suggestively yeah. menacing yes he's suggestively menacing by not anything that he's he's not overt in anything he's saying he's not threatening but there's just an air of menace menace that gives you that fear that you don't know what this guy's capable of at all. Yeah, because there's a lot of love on that tray. A lot of love. A lot with so, the sorghum. Again, yeah. with the sorghum. Yeah, fill your belly up with my love and then you'll solve it. Like I wrote all <laughs> these lines down. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> this is delicious. Just love on a plate. Oh, and then soon to be in his belly. They Don't do seem to I like about that. They do seem to like pancakes at the sanctuary, though. Didn't they make uh, pancakes for um? Oh God, for Sasha, like her last meal. I think it was like pancakes that they brought oh. her over when she was in the cell. Well, they may Again, even the... mention the sorghum too. Yeah, you never know because she was at the hilltop before she, they left to um. She yes. left to um. Yeah, she the sanctuary. Was. That's right. You should be familiar with these pancakes. <sighs> Again with the pancakes. No, yeah, they're living pretty good at the sanctuary. Pancakes. I mean, hey. It's what's for dinner. It's what's for dinner. There you go. Oh, it makes me hungry. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the scene that other than the overt creepiness or the suggestive menacing dialogue between Simon and uh, Gregory, it's uh, I can appreciate that scene because it sets the table for the next scene. We you know with the with the lieutenants, but uh, yes, I, but I like how I like how that he mentions the sanctuary. Uh, sorry, the satellite outpost. I feel like a lot of the things that were said in this episode between Simon and Gregory, between the lieutenants amongst themselves, is they they really tied in the first four episodes and then you know going back what these stations represent who runs them mm-hmm. and so there's something pretty cool about finally wrapping all those threads into a bow and, and finding out how they work and who runs them what are they for right. uh, so so that that was kind of cool that was it was nice to kind of put a face to the name you know that sort of thing you know be able to yeah. name a concept and also also to just see like who these lieutenants are you know who the, this is like if you were to have like a, a upper management meeting in the conference room this this seems to be negan's cabinet of members here you know so it gives you an idea of like okay who's who are his closest in in command and it's okay so these this is the team right here the upper so, echelon yes i do appreciate that gavin consistently seems just not not into this at all <laughs> he's just very sort of passive very passive and like as soon as like they open the door to the balcony he's like jesus christ <laughs> when they go out and later on in the episode when they, they hear about the workers basically revolting he's like oh, again he's like oh god i'm like this guy's 
this guy is just—he's—he uh, is. Like, over do it. I have to do something? Uh, yeah. man. He's like, uh, you know, That's he's fine. one of those. You know what? He's middle management. Yeah. You know, he's middle management. He's just trying to do his job, and now he's like, oh god, I have to deal with this. You know. He's I like he's like the dude at the post office that after every person he takes, he just takes he just takes a little lap <laughs> just to piss off the next person. Just kind of like, oh, I just, god, I just do I have to do this job? Yeah. Yeah. Five minute mandatory break. You know, like he, he doesn't want to have to do this. He doesn't want to at all. At all. Yeah. I mean, he'll do it. He will do it. He won't begrudging, like it. Begrudgingly so. He I think that's when it. he gets mad is when he has to do it. When he <laughs> so, has to. Exactly. Simon makes him do it. Yeah. But yeah. The uh, Oh, wow. I still have the eggs pancake. He's still here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, it's I love the little dialogue between Gregory and Negan, you know, and Simon in the middle. There's I something so menacing that. about it. I did. I did appreciate that. I think this is what I was talking to at the start. Like, you definitely got at that point a very clear idea. Like, there also seems to be like a little, I, I'm trying to, I'm curious to know what the origin or what the backstory is between Negan and Simon. Because when Simon tries to interject and kind of say like, look, you know, we'll go in with a show of force, we'll kill all these people, whatever. And Negan mentions something like, are we backsliding or or something like that it's like what is sliding here yeah i'm like what what does that mean what what happened in the past that you know are we backsliding i, yeah. I i'm curious about yeah, well, let's that talk about is. this for a sec because a lot of some people have theorized and i was theorizing it as at, at the moment because actually i mean i called it back when we were talking about it in the first show how i had always perceived simon as kind of an almost negan mm-hmm. you know he has he has the authority he has this he doesn't have quite the authority obviously he doesn't have quite the charisma let's say even he is certainly charming you know he certainly has an appeal about him he's affable you know he he he's approachable actually he's probably more approachable and maybe that's a slight weakness but it doesn't it doesn't harm him in any way you know as, as far as we can tell because he does his job the way he does it and he doesn't do it you know he doesn't he doesn't try to shoot for the goal he's not a, he doesn't look to be ambitious he just he knows what his role is and he just goes for that role you know he does what he's going to do and is at the best of his capacity so what what some people had theorized and what I'd kind of thought from the beginning was that it seems to me that he may have been the original leader let's say of this group of, of, of upper echelon people mm-hmm. and uh, you know the people that basically provide the workers with sanctuary which is obviously something we're going we're going to get to in a minute cuz it's big but Very interesting that's an interesting theory though yeah yeah and, or that there was at least some sort of incident where he was given more power than he previously had like maybe he had more authority in the saviors mm-hmm. maybe even before they were called the saviors and and uh or maybe he did run things and negan kind of just took over you know so mm-hmm. it's a prevalent it's it's a prevailing theory. I mean, that's what I think. I mean, I think there was some sort of capacity or some sort of mistake that was made as a result of trusting Simon or giving Simon that level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, interesting. What do you think though? Because you must have. I feel like you must have some thoughts on that. Because I I mean I I that dialogue did not you know didn't go over my head either when he mentioned like oh the guy who was in charge before. Um, I don't think that's throwaway dialogue. Very few very very few dialogue in The Walking Dead is usually throwaway dialogue. It's usually stated for a reason. So I think eventually we'll kind of get a little bit more info to like when it was, when he says who was in charge before, like who was that, you know? And I wonder, 
when you when you say that now, it does make me wonder, you know, what the extent is of Negan and Simon's back backstory is. How far how far back does their relationship go? Have they known each other for a long time? Ooh. I don't know. You know, you know, like, what I th- you know what I even thought. I thought I just thought. Sorry to cut you off, but no. I was even thinking, could this even be some sort of you know Caesar, you know Julius Caesar situation where Negan and Simon planned a coup, you know, because the guy that was leading them previously kind of led them down a stupid path, you know, and also maybe that's the backsliding. Possible. Highly you know? possible too. I mean, I think both aspects are very much possible. Um, yeah, I, I would kind of lean towards thinking they could have been in cahoots to, to do a coup. Simon, I, the way he made it seem like in his dialogue with Gabriel, he made it seem that whoever was in charge before uh, let people be weak. And yeah, Simon whoever seems, was. whoever it was, and it seems that Simon is, I would say almost maybe possibly a little bit more ruthless than um, Negan in the sense that he seems to have a little sympathy um, for, well, you know, these people are innocent people. So, you know, he seems kind of like, well, whatever, if we have to go in and like kill all these people, then we have to do it. Whereas um, Negan seems to be more like, nope, nope, you know, that's wasted resources. Like we need more people. So maybe Simon wasn't necessarily the leader from the past group, but I could buy it that they were part of this group and they decided like look this guy's just not doing it we need to kind of take charge i can see that I well, can let's, totally even, see let, that. let's keep going with this this people are resource thing like i love this line because and i just want to repeat it because i'm going to be a cliche like in every podcast so <laughs> uh, so people are a resource money on the table people are the foundation of what we are building here so i you have to really kind of examine that because something that you said is the people where assignment might think that people are an obstacle people are a hurdle people get in the way of what we want it's not about what we want people are the means to which we can get what we want and this is like negan's philosophy so mm-hmm. i mean people are that natural resource we are nothing without them in a way you know if we can't make them feel like they're important relevant um and take care of them we're not doing our part of the deal you right. know and 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 if we're not doing it they can't keep doing what we need them to do for us you know which is the most right. important thing you know obviously so i mean as a resource I think it's the seed of their power and it's it's a precarious one albeit you know like they're making the prom- they're making promises of protecting these people yes. you know they're they're fueling the workers you know they're to keep running the machine right you know and at at some point there has to be a fall off a drop off point to where they can't really commit to those promises you know at some point it's it's gonna run out. The way they're doing business is it's 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 a model that's that can't is not sustainable. No, yeah. it's not a sustainable model. Yeah, no, and it seems like yeah, that is their that is their premise. The idea that people are a resource, and you know, and it it is interesting. You know, I think at one point during that dialogue, he mentions to to Simon like, have you you know have you forgotten what this was all about or something? You know, and. So I yeah. think that there, at least in Negan's point of view, that there was this grand plan of like, you know, we are reorganizing civilization and this is how we're going to do things. It's a society based on rules and punishment and reward. And, you know, this is how we, we do things. And I think it's also very interesting that they mention in his conversation with Gabriel, that he used to work with kids. which also sheds some light (laughs) on other aspects too. But in terms of the idea of punishment, reward, I mean, for all we know, he was a school teacher who even knows, (laughs) you know? Yeah. So it, 
it, it does all kind of like we mentioned, like these kind of bits and pieces are starting to weave together a picture of what where he's coming from. Um, and it seems like his decisions are not arbitrary. It's all very um, deliberate and planned out. Even if he has to execute somebody, it's done in a certain way for a greater purpose rather than just like, we're going to go in and kill all these people, you know? So I think that he definitely has um, a vision in mind and a goal in mind. And I think it's something that Simon doesn't necessarily see just the, just the same way that Daryl doesn't necessarily see where Rick is coming from or doesn't necessarily agree with it. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I mean, I'll get to that. Just, just a couple of things though. It's, it's, it's this idea that you meld this idea that people are a resource and this other idea where Gabriel and Negan have this exchange exchange where he says or even yeah it's Gregory and, uh, and Negan and he has this exchange where like Gregory says you know as much as I you know we both hate killing people and he goes well it's not that I don't hate killing people I like I like killing people I, I like killing the right people yeah I think he says like- that in a menacing way yes. but I don't think he means it in a menacing way like obviously you know he has to still come off the way he comes off but I think that he really does mean that you know I, I I'm all in favor of killing the right people you know right. it's just that the subtext to that is that I don't like having to kill people at all. In fact, if we go back to Father Gabriel, even mm-hmm. it's that he his I think his thing, his main thing is converting people's weaknesses into strengths and strengths right. that will benefit him and the saviors. And I think his whole stick that. is like he his whole stick that. is a sham. It's a sham. He's he's right. not all about the murder and the balls and the penises and yeah. the show of force. His whole thing is to kind of project a sense of of safety for everybody, you know, yeah. like an icon. And then, you know, in the background and, and also on a one-to-one basis, he's really trying to give people purpose and which obviously in a way, Father Gabriel is wants, he wants something, you know, fruitful, you know, fruitful death, a purpose. Right. So these are all kind of interweaving things. And, and we're starting to see, I think the backstory that really, the essence of his backstory really boils down to a sum total of really, he does at least respect people you know, the right. concept of people the strengths and weaknesses it's a mix like he says and he his whole shtick is to to take it and convert it into a resource and, and to make them useful you know and 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 maybe the trick here is is whether he's doing this for himself and his personal benefit and keep order um or if he really does he's really like a humanitarian <laughs> you know that's the, that's what we're trying to figure out in a way you know it determines his basically so i I mean, it's 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 deep, man. How did we get here? I mean, like I'm just thinking about like, oh, well, we don't have that much to talk about in terms of getting really deep, and then well, here we are. But you know what, though, like then they did give complexity to the Negan character, which is what they needed to do. So you know, there is definitely an air of complexity now, which I appreciate. Um, so I don't. I think that the episode was cut and dry in the sense of like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what's happening. And we're moving the story along. But I think that Negan is a very complex character. I think that that's what they're trying to go for anyway. That this guy is not as cut and dry as necessarily one would think. There's right. there's complexity there, um, which I hope that they continue to develop further and further. And I think that they will. I think that these were little pieces and of, of Negan to kind of throw out there to kind of give us an idea of where his mind is at and then we'll, we'll continue to build on that I think I hope well what if this is one of these things that we saw the last two episodes you know you get this 
perspective of Gabriel of not Gabriel Ezekiel right mm -hmm. the two episodes ago we have this impression of this hopeful Ezekiel making speeches and smiling and telling others to smile and then the, the very next episode you tear him to shreds yeah. and then maybe in this episode we're seeing Negan we're, we're being spoon fed this image of Negan in all these different facets and these mechanics you know the idea that he's converting people into resources he respects those people ergo resources does not wish to kill them unless he must and even more even better if killing them actually saves you know hundreds of lives you know he's all in favor of it even you know so we're really getting this you know this this deeper idea this we're really peeling back the layers that that make up this gruff exterior right but what if the very next episode you know we get this macabre birth of you know, we throw we throw Negan under a pile of bodies, and then out comes this proto this uh, post post balls in hand Negan, and that would be and he pretty crazy. Shreds, you know, I mean that would be pretty crazy. I mean, I think I think that we'll definitely get more depth with him, but I think that they will they're going to hold him as this ruthless leader for sure. Though I I definitely think so. I I think I don't know, but it's like I just feel that there will be another. Um, what's the word? Like a spectacle made of somebody before, oh. by the mid-season finale or for the mid-season finale. I just, I don't know. I, I do. I oh, have that's a suspicion. Interesting. That's interesting. Well, I, I mean, I, my my comic book, uh, not spoiler. I don't know what to call what it is when I feel like your comic book sense is tingling. <laughs> my, my my radar okay. is going off. <laughs> my so. comic sense is tingling. No, actually, I don't think that there was anything in the comic because they've deviated from the comics in the sense of the way that they're doing the war. So there isn't really anybody that I would say right now would be, you know, the reason I say that more so is just because I just, he just seems like, first of all, there's a lot of suspicion. And I don't know if Eugene is in the best place right now. I mean, Eugene, he definitely seems to have suspicions or trying to figure out like who among the rank is feeding information. And obviously Eugene is an obvious target for the fact that he's just, you know, he's he's not really a savior. He came from Rick's side. So what's to say that he's not, you know, playing both sides or whatever, you know, just the, exactly just how he accused Gregory of playing both sides, you know? So yeah, at, yeah. At, the, at the end of the day, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, you know, like Eugene or, or somebody might fall on the hands of, of Negan if, if things continue at the court at the way that they are. I don't know. Like, but at the end of the day, it doesn't, it's not necessarily a comic book spoiler because Eugene doesn't die during the, during the war. Eugene in the comics does not. Eugene in the comics survives and keeps going and, but however, what I will say though is that the Eugene in the comics is very different from the, the from the Eugene on the show. Like the Eugene in the mm. comics is is a little braver, is a little bit more kind of uh, stands his ground. Where you, Doctor Eugene Porter on the show is uh, <laughs> not not the most uh, brave individual. So right. I don't know. I mean, again, he's one of those characters that I don't necessarily know what they could do with. You know? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they know. could they could completely throw us a curveball and just and just completely change this character because there's deviation and there's complete surprise which in a way would be in the show's best interests if you think about it like to not ha see even let's say Eugene suddenly being killed you know to not see that coming that would be bananas and I don't think it would actually hurt the feelings of comics readers in a way because yeah there have been subtle changes but this could be a good opportunity to go into the big 
you know the big scary you you know the big unknown you know to to be able to put these characters in a in a in a situation where that we can't couldn't have possibly predicted you right know, especially using comic knowledge and especially even looking at the scene it, it would be the most obvious thing for negan just just on the logical standpoint to really right. suspect eugene right right exactly but, from pure logic yeah so it would be a logical conclusion Part of us thinks, oh, that's not going to happen because it's so obvious, it's right? So obvious. Yeah. But then having it happen, that would be, and having it, in, and like you said, the most spectacular way, where it's, and like he even says, it's the right killing the right people in the most wrong way possible. You know, right. it's it that would be, you know, like watching Glenn and Abraham all over again, right. and exactly in such a way that it, you know, that that it would just rock the entire universe. You know, right. ratings would go through the roof. So. I'm not suggesting that they do that. <laughs> but they could. But yeah, they could and then it would be yeah, and and this goes with anything really, but uh, but in this specific scenario, I just it just be, and it's mostly because I'm thinking in the back of my head, having not read the comics that uh not not that Eugene will die, but there's this struggle in my head that I'm leaning more towards him being not good. As much mm. as I want him to be good. I feel like in, until that last scene at the end, I was just thinking to my head, he's going to try to get all the information as possible see either why Dwight's doing it mm-hmm. um, and find out whether the situation be- can benefit him like by ratting Dwight out mm-hmm. maybe they kill Dwight and it changed the story completely I know it doesn't happen in the comics thank you but, <laughs> but, but I, was, a- I, I was a little concerned though for like Eugene like when he had like when they discovered that there was pains on the bag with the weapons and Eugene had pains on his hands I'm like dude you better wash that off like super quick <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Talk about. Oh, I wasn't like, even thinking that far. My he was looking at Dwight a little weirdly. Yes. Like he put it together. I better, like I better rat him out yeah. before they they just default to blaming me. You know. Right. Yeah. He definitely figured put two and two together and realized okay, Dwight's the one who's the the, the mole in the group. I just got to figure out if this overall and he's to give Eugene a little credit. I mean, he's a smart guy. We we talked about this in the first episode. Um, but he, he's a pretty smart guy. You know, there's, there's, he's probably trying to do like fifth dimensional chess here. He, he, even though the most obvious choice would be to rat Dwight out for his own self-interest. I don't think it's that simple. He's probably thinking of the ramifications of doing so. Like, okay, right. I rat Dwight out. Who's to say that I can't be I, the very next day. I, I automatically still become uh primary sub- suspect number one again, you know, yeah. even though Dwight's gone, you know, so yeah. it, it's, you're damned if you do sometimes, you know, and you're damned if you don't. But I mean, so again Eugene is probably thinking of this scenario like left right and center but then now we have as of the end of the show we ha- we have a father Gabriel that's in that holding cell and he's asking for the doctor he's saying you better get that doctor out of here no matter what right. and that really that really throws everything into whack because uh, as much as Negan wants uh, Eugene to solve the situation at the sanctuary, a situation that is has ramifications that go far beyond uh, people's lives, you know, it just it's a matter of again the resources and getting the workers to kind of quell down, right. you know, and, and calm down. And to do that, they, they, it's the idea that the saviors have to save them. You know, they have right. to do their part of the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's uh, there's a lot going on here that can can go wrong. Does he abandon that? What Negan says does he get the doctor and take him to safety to the hilltop for, for maggie so yeah. yeah there's a lot going on here like and and really it can go in so many different wild directions at this point so 
Yeah. Oh, no, it's, man. it is. It, and that is, that is something that quite honestly, um, is related to the comics without getting too into it. Dr. Carson is a, a major player in the comics. Did so I say Carter? <laughs> no, I think I you said, said it right. I thought, oh, I thought so you I said, said Carson. I thought I said Carter. So I guess Dr. Carson. Okay. Yes. Oh man. Cause I'm thinking so, of Downton Abbey and never mind. <laughs> I watched Don Downton Abbey and there was a Dr. Carson and I will not bar- bother Walking Dead fans with that. Oh, that's very different. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'm so glad you watched it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was a crazy man rambling into the ether. No, um, not in the least. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So where, yeah, where were we? <laughs> oh, so you say Dr. Carson is, is a very important character on down, uh, The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> downtown abbey yeah, i'm sorry podcast yeah no he he is in the comic so i was and i suspected that he would be on the show especially because of the fact that um that when they captured dr carson it was made like a big show like oh we're taking the doctor and we're bringing them over and all this sort of stuff so it, it's it, it was made and and also like quite honestly you can tell which actors are kind of like the throwaway actors and which ones are like going to get more screen time personally. I'm like, yeah, this is a doctor, but this doctor kind of has like MacGyver like qualities or looks to him. I'm like, this guy is going to be like qualities. Yeah. I don't know. Like he seemed like (laughs) as you choke on your beverage, like dying. I'm just imagining Richard Dean Anderson taking the role of that. post fact. (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah. I'm Dr. Carson, even though you met me earlier. If all of a sudden they like get him for like some random role on The Walking Dead, people are gonna like pass out. <laughs> yeah, I will lose all bowel functions at that point. No, <laughs> you're like yes, they'll be like yes, they'll make people will like lose their minds. They'll be like yes, this makes total sense. This is exactly the kind of person that you need in a zombie apocalypse. Like a MacGyver. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, it'd be hashtag spoiler alert. Spoiler gosh i'm waiting for the the canned laughter oh it didn't come up okay whatever I ain't, I, ain't ma- I ain't mad at you anyway so <laughs> but yes he seems this dr carson definitely has some sort of qualities that made me feel like eh, we're gonna see this guy again so the fact that gabriel mentions like you have to get that doctor over to maggie makes me feel like okay this guy is 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 going to be a piece of this whole uh of the fabric of the war Hmm. That's my thought. You know, and as that thought travels to the hilltop, let's say, just for example, uh, I think having a doctor there would be beneficial to the peacekeeping situation in Hilltop. I'm just having one there and having the saviors that have been captured know that now they have possession of the doctor, this expensive football of a person that whoever has this doctor and there's no other doctor that we know of um, has a, s- a certain amount of leverage, you know, and, and as we're talking about leverage, you know, we see the garbage people have been approached by yes. Rick. Yes. And this was the last play that Daryl was talking about when they yes. when they parted ways. Like, you're going to play this last play? And he's like, yep, yep. I don't want to because they I suck. I knew we were going to see these damn people again. Yep. I just want to understand their backstory. Like, why? Why? You're not using prepositions. Like, I want to understand, like, where this, like, like, it bothers me. It does. There's silly talk. <laughs> yeah, it's just garbage talk. Garbage, garbage talk from garbage people. Trash I wanna, and, but I want to understand how these people have access to a helicopter. I want to understand this. 
look. Your listen, thoughts on the helicopter. Let's not be offensive. I mean, some people have autism and there's different spectrums. Okay. So I think these people have functional, like there's a functional amount of autism and they can, maybe they formed a community around it. So I think how it would be nice you, to not how trigger. How do you feel that helicopter? I want to know how do you feel that helicopter? Um. Okay. So the chopper thing is particularly interesting to me because in my notes, I freak out a lot when I see it. <laughs> yes. I, I, I literally write martial arts fight, car chase, explosions, and now a helicopter. I'm like, this is like taking a, a the page out of like a John Woo or a James Michael Cameron. Bay. Yeah, Michael Bay, you know, type of film. And I'm like, things you'd never expect to see in subsequent, you know, sequential episodes of The Walking Dead. Um, Black helicopters, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen, uh, well, I've seen, since I've seen Fear of the Walking Dead, I've seen helicopters. And I know it's only, you know, a couple months or several months after the, the apocalypse right. started. Right, in their but, case, yeah. But having the fuel and, and the pilots available, there is something about that that's a little unnerving after, let's say, a couple of years, I, I suppose, in this, you know, down south, the heat. Yeah. I mean, I wonder when I saw the helicopter, I mean, we've seen other scenes where, you know, we see like army personnel and things like that. Um, and we've seen it lately. Like, I mean, a lot of the weapons that like those, what was it, the RPGs or whatever explosives that they um, got for, what, what was it, Little Timmy and the Dick Brigade? That was like, <laughs> I mean, that, that is what they called them, like, you know? Yeah. Like, that was, like, I remember Abraham kind of pillaged it off of some sort of, you know, army soldier, walker, whatever. And even when Michonne and Rick had their um had their little kind of side mission, right, they were looking the to get the carnival that had these kind of like random dead, you know, soldiers with weapons or whatever. Um, and Michelle mentioned like something happened here. I wonder if there's any correlation with the helicopter and these like soldiers. Like I, I wonder, I mean, it may not be because obviously in the case of something like this, then obviously you had like all the army and forces trying to kind of defeat, you know, these, this, this threat. So it may not be at all related, but I wonder, you know, if there's any correlation. Hmm. Yeah. Japan. I mean, you, you obviously have a force out there and yeah, we, we have seen RPGs. I mean, we even saw like a, a nice amount of weaponry when what was his name when rick finally met morgan again for the first time right the yeah, yeah. Time, I guess. um so it's there it's out there it's just a matter of getting it and and obviously the savers have been stockpiling the stuff for a while so the helicopter just doesn't seem well and that's the other thing they mentioned a flyer uh in the lieutenant's meeting i think with negan mm -hmm. or when simon i think mentioned that like worst case we'll take a flyer over and 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 you know just just kill them all and i'm thinking mm -hmm. that's what they're talking about maybe maybe that's what that, it is yeah and if that's the case maybe it's on loan from the the garbage people maybe that's you know they have that in their junkyard which is stands to to what to possibility because mm -hmm. i mean it's a junkyard they've got tons of you know crushed vehicles and things that they can turn into vehicles or patch up and repair and that would be probably the best place to look to kind of fix something that was broken um pre and post apocalypse so and it is it probably makes sense that they would be the people to, co the, to go to you know they'd have to be somebody there with welding experience and engineering and, and whatnot right, right. so 
That makes sense. And, and also the chopper was coming from that direction towards the sanctuary, I suppose, um, from where Rick was standing. Like Rick was going towards that direction. The, the helicopter is going the exact opposite direction. So there must be some sort of relationship with that. Like, And the fact that they didn't want to have to use that option initially, uh, the flyer, uh, means that they'd probably have to tap a resource they wouldn't have want to have to tap. Right, these, these garbage people—they always want something. Yeah, you can't trust them. They'll flip it on you on a—they'll they'll flip out on you on a switch. Don't know how to speak good English, but you know they certainly know what they want. God. Even though they can't express it properly. No, not in <laughs> the least. Fight. No, I guess fight means sex. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I was—I was very surprised at Michonne's reaction there. I'm like, God, Michonne, are you just gonna let this chick talk like that? But okay, Alrighty. just just let it roll off your back, man. Just let it roll off your back. Just get out with your skin. Yeah, she 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 did. They <laughs> just barely made it out <laughs> alive from that. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see what happens with these garbage folk. Oh yeah, I'm okay with it now. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much because I haven't seen them in a while. It's kind of like that that record that you played, <laughs> and it's kind of good. But please don't play it again. Like, okay, I can wait yeah, now because right. I have that one eight minute track, and <laughs> you don't want to have to listen to the whole thing. Wow. No. But if it's been like a few months or something, it's like all right, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's like November rain. Like you I'm know okay what? With yeah, it. like I'm okay with November <laughs> rain, but it's like yeah, like in you know here and there. <laughs> Yeah, no. not like the way they were playing it back when we were kids. Like, no. oh, again, eight minutes. Come on, <laughs> it's like they used to play that video all the time, every day. That thing was on. No shame, no shame. No, I mean, I loved it at the time, but I mean, yeah, that thing was like eight minutes. So there's one thing that I want to just throw out of the way, and that's I'm like going back towards uh, Gregory and Egan again. It's I love the relationship they're having with this political character as much as Negan likes as we know now uh, does value people there's something to be said about his reaction towards a politician like on the one hand oh I could totally waste this guy this guy is antithetical to who I am as a person right you know there's an elder elements in a politician that are clearly pleasant and present in Negan yes. you know the, the idea that you need to kind of manipulate people into thinking your way in order to, right. to push an agenda right right but I think that Negan tries to at least tries to uh, appeal to the better their better nature to to actually access something that benefits them, right? Whereas Gregory just will just say this is the way. There's no other choice. You know, he'll be affable. He'll make false promises, and I think that's what really burns Negan up a little bit. There's just it's like all the bluster and none of the backing. Right? You know, there's no way that Gregory can. There's no force behind his words, and that's what like it almost pains Negan to keep him alive in some respects yeah. well i think he doesn't respect him and he finds his find him spineless and he doesn't yeah. necessarily know what value he has as a person like, are you the guy you know you, you certainly don't seem like the guy and you know he brought up he, he very good points if you think if you're the guy how in the world did this woman come and basically completely like undermine your leadership and then lead these people you know if you are the guy and this is your community how did that happen yeah exactly and i think that 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 even the idea of him entertaining this conversation and not killing him right away speaks volumes about negan mm -hmm. if you think about it he could yeah. waste him but you see, the the thing is that it's it, it goes back to something that he said about you know if I kill this one person, it it could save hundreds. Does killing right. Gregory save anybody except a headache from Negan? Right. So there's no purpose. There's it's not no. a fruit. It's not a fruitful death. 
Oh, it is not a fruitful death. Here we go. There's some connections being made. There you have it. No, it is true. Yeah, we're seeing parallels between uh, Father Gabriel and uh, Negan now. But yeah, Yeah. uh, so I think I think Negan feels that his the usefulness that Gregory has has almost run out like he's wondering, you know, and maybe this can be used and maybe Gregory can be used in a different way. And by the looks of it, I think they're trying. And we know where Gregory ends up. Yes. Right. Yes, we do. We know basically where we know from the timing where he all ends up. Yep. 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 So I wonder, I really do wonder what the deal is, you know, what's going to happen with with that relationship. Yeah, no, I do. I do wonder. And I think it's very interesting how Simon really backed Gregory up. I mean, which is kind of makes sense why he was so indignant when Rick invaded the sanctuary and he kind of like tried to make his little stand of like, oh, the hilltop and whatever. And, you know, Jesus like, oh, the hilltop stands with Maggie or whatever. And Simon right. got just so, you know, completely like, well, threw him down the stairs, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Simon, Simon's, you know, quality or his, his not quality. Simon's whole shtick is really the disrespect of people. You yes. know, he has no patience for people. And, and it totally, it makes him almost, gosh, almost useless to Negan. Like, obviously, if, if Simon isn't doing what Negan asks him to do, then Simon would be toast. Because in right. some ways, you know, different than Gregory, at least Gregory doesn't put people in danger but doesn't put resources in danger you know right but simon has a potential of you know corrupting or just just reducing the capacity of those resources you know by sure you know threatening to kill people who don't comply and and you know what i mean so yeah oh yeah not doing it and if he's gonna kill people doing it in a way that at least inspires others to comply or to show hey you me doing this to you was on you you know it's because you you basically made me do it you know you didn't follow the rules all these other people are following the rules yeah you know all these other all the they're they're fueling the economy they're trying to be a helpful resource it you know these people you know these people are mad at me they're mad at you for breaking the rules you know negan will find a way to turn it around to where he'll get everybody else to hate that person you know for doing what he did yes yeah no exactly you you know if we're talking about this i think it's a good idea to switch back over to Daryl and Rick. Yes. Because there is something that um that I want to bring up, but there's something that happens in that in that whole kerfuffle where Daryl uh, finds the dynamite sticks, right? Yes. And yep, yep, all yep. of a sudden we're we've got this idea. And I'll let you take care of it from take it from here. No, basically Daryl has this idea of, you know, they using the dynamite six, using these explosives and basically, you know, saying that you that they finished the sanctuary off essentially, that they use the sticks to blow it open and the walkers all flood in there and that everyone has no other resource uh, or recourse other than to basically surrender. And it ends right then and there. Which from a tactical perspective, hey, I I hear him. We could be done by sundown is what he says, right? So Yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, effective for sure. But one of the things that Rick brings up is that, you know, because Daryl was there, you know, he was a captive of Negan for, you know, however long that period was. 
And, you know, he said, he's like, but there are workers there, aren't there? Families, you know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, Daryl tries to kind of say like, oh, well, you know, they're in, you know, they're, they would be in this building. They wouldn't be there, whatever, you know, but, you know, Rick isn't buying it. He's basically Wait a saying, minute. You know, what we didn't realize is that, is that Daryl was, had been in the cell the whole time. He was escorting to a cell and out in the field, escorting the cell and out in the, uh, on the gates, the fence crew. By the way, but he, Regina mentioned. But he also was in that crowd of people when um, the the Amber's guy was made an example with the iron. He was oh, there. Was he? He was because he told Daryl to clean it up like afterwards. Huh. So he was he was he was there. He was he was eyewitness to some of this stuff that goes on. And remember, he was also the one to bring food um, to the wives and that sort of thing. Like he, when when Carl was there with Negan, um, with the wives in their quarters or whatever, Daryl was the one that kind of was like the, the servant boy to bring stuff over there. I forget what it was, if it was food or fruit or, or something along those lines. So I think he oh, definitely yes. got an idea of like, okay, there are workers, there, there's, there's, the, there's the kings in the castle or the warriors in the castle or whatever, and there are the workers and and they, you know, and, and they're just basically workers, you know, like they're not, they're not trying to do anything other than just kind of stay alive. How very know? communist, by the way, just something going back yes. to the Russia thing I said. Yes, actually, if we want to go there. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I went there already uh, on episode one or two or something. But yeah, it's it's it just it, it keeps me thinking about that, like, you know like little communist contributors contribute to society. Oh, you know, um, Kirkman making his political commentary, political I wonder, religious. <laughs> Just saying. But, but yeah, I, I still wonder though, because I, I, I hear what you're saying and it makes so much sense, but I'm trying to compare that to what the experience that Eugene got. Um, Eugene had the full experience. You know, he was on the floor, he was seeing all the tickets and he was seeing, I don't, I just don't know if Daryl had the same level of introduction. Obviously, I mean, he was resistant to, to, to everything. He was, right. you know, he, he refused to comply all the way to the end, you know? So, you know, he, he saw mostly the inside of a cell, you know, serving things to people and, and doing fencing duty and, and yeah walked around saw punishment and that's probably just the icing on the cake for this whole shit pie um but did he get to walk around freely uh, and see the the commerce that was going on to see what work you know the workers were doing did he really even get to spend time on the worker floor you know so yeah uh, no it's, it's true we it's don't know contrast you know yeah no it's true it's we definitely don't know but he there have been certain people that have gotten insights and seems like they reported back because even when Gabriel was in the trailer with Negan and the issue of the wives came up and you know he and he mentioned he's like Carl said that you have multiple wives you know like so it seems like I get the impression that Carl, between Carl, between Daryl, they've kind of reported back, you know, their findings from, you know, being in that space. Carl probably more so, actually. Yeah. He oh, was, he got the the full. He, he got the premium tour. He got the premium <laughs> tour exactly. Oh, for man. sure. So Rick knows. Rick knows yeah. that there are innocent people there that are just right. basically trying to do their job, and that's yeah. it. It's the crux of their plan, actually. It's yeah. the, the whole concept. It's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, so, absolutely. And this is where we finally see Rick waking up to the idea that, like, oh, I've been so stupid. You know, right. I've been, and, and this is who I, this is who I was starting to become. This is yeah. you know, this is who some of these people like. And Rick hasn't seen the transition between. You know, he hasn't seen Tara. Hasn't seen the way these other people have been reacting. Morgan. Um, right. But yeah. 
and then he wakes up and and they basically get into a row you know uh you know you got to stick to the plan and then daryl says something very um interesting he says you know ain't no there ain't no kingdom no more and you know and he says the same thing that negan says and he says it, it, it's negan says it's the father gabriel and he says uh it's on them you know mm. when he's referring to rick when negan is referring to rick and Rick getting everybody killed. He says, well, you know, it's that's not my fault. That was on Rick. Right. Glenn and Abraham, yeah. that was on Rick. I told him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he says the exact same words. You know, if, if they, you know, it, it's on them for what they did. You know, it's, right. it's, it's not my fault. It's on them. And it really drives the point home of what they're trying to do. What kind of person Negan is. Just very neurotic. It's like, it's not my fault you're an asshole. You know, it's not my fault that you got your people killed. Like, doesn't matter that I'm the one who killed them. You know? And- I mean, it does. We do come back to the same commentary, which is, you know, you, Ricks, we can't ever, and I don't think the show will ever let us forget that they did kill all these saviors in their sleep, you know, yeah. unprovoked. I mean, like, that is, that's something that the show is never going to let us forget. It does that is something that, And it, it constantly comes up. And it is the truth. And a lot of those characters, a lot of people on Rick's team were not in good conscience, comfortable with that decision. They went along with it because it's Rick, but they were not at all comfortable with taking that decision. Right. So, right. and just remember where they were at, by the way, when they were when they were doing this. They thought that this station was it. The yeah. Satellite well, they were very cocky, it. super cocky. Also, I mean, they just thought that you know, okay, we get this, and then you know, that's it, done. I mean, they really did not understand the full ramifications of what they were doing they didn't um so it's uh, yeah i don't know it's they're not gonna let us forget that (laughs) (laughs) as well as well they shouldn't too it it does bear repeating as much as possible because it really drives the point home of how far that they were willing to damage their humanity yes how far they were willing to to leave their humanity behind that was I mean, a quote it's... unquote weak move, you know, or like strong move, depending on how you look at it from Negan's point of view. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now I I completely agree. Ugh. Yeah. You know. By the way, chokeholds are legal, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, thought I about finally that. caught when that were, line when they were grappling. I was like, "Gosh, is this? Mm, what are you trying to do here?" <laughs> was that from season one or something? Like, like a callback to season one from when they first got into a thing? Or I'm trying remember. to figure out. You know, I do not remember. I, I wanted to rewatch um, some episodes of initial Daryl Rick interactions to see where yeah. the, what that was a callback was from. There were a couple other things too, but yeah, it's oh and oh and come on, the explosion just before and you realize that. Rick, as um as they were fighting, Rick threw the dynamite into the jeep. Yes, before the fire started, and then the fire started and it exploded. I finally caught that. I'm like, oh, that makes sense because now we can't use it. Yeah, now it's like, nope, that's it, it's done. That, <laughs> like, well, that's not an option anymore. Oh well, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Again, the weapons of mass destruction. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. The what is it? The I can't. I, what's that line from Spider Man? Uh, the oh responsibility, God. or what was it called? Oh man, oh, I have to edit this out. Responsibility. What was that? It was like such a hokey, cliche kind of line. Like, I can't remember I what it was. It's like duty, some kind of duty or something, right? It's a duty. Um. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm googling it right now. <laughs> Honestly, 
I gotta tell you, I'm not a huge Marvel person, so I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm DC all the way, so. Oh, all the way? Yes. Oh, okay. The the line is, with great power comes great responsibility. And I'm sure you've heard that before. I have heard that. I have heard that line, but I did not remember it. Well, I mean, but it bears, but it is, it stands its test of time because I think it's a valid line. I think it's true, you know? Yeah. And things like absolute, like, I I definitely enjoy the the line, um, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yes. So, absolutely. It's just when the power's too great. Yeah. And I mean, we, we've been seeing that, you know, like it's gotten to, you know, people's heads, you know, even if it's just made them cocky and make stupid decisions. Because you could argue and say with Ezekiel, the same thing. I mean, Ezekiel has nothing but the best intentions, but he was riding high on this sort of uh, confidence that, you know, perhaps made him lead his, his team to, you know, I would say certain death. But <laughs> I mean, basically, like, he, he was cocky. He was very cocky and overconfident. And obviously, we saw how that ended. Mm. So, yeah, I'm just saying. Hmm. There are some things that I want to drill down on, like how, look at what happened with Negan and Gabriel when all of a sudden Gabriel tries to go for his gun when the walker comes through. And yes. it's this weird thing where Gabriel, where um, Negan, this is why I was trying to dr- trying to drive the point home that Negan can totally waste Gabriel at any point in time. Oh, yeah. The, right when he disarms him, he could have wasted him. Absolutely. Instead, he just can't resist. Like, I, I'm going to keep hammering this point he just can't resist the idea of turning out gabriel and i say turning right. out like a prostitute but like <laughs> doing that because just it's just that it's like why wouldn't you you're playing mario brothers and you see a coin why wouldn't you get it are you crazy like even though it has no substantive substantive value you know there's right. no value to you yeah. you still get it because it's just too enticing yeah you know so it, it, it's this idea that and then again when when gabriel grabs the gun and shoots at Negan. Negan bats it away. And then he says, he says something like, um, let me see here. It's this. He just keeps pushing the confession angle. And it makes me think that Gabriel is on to him, if you really think about it. Gabriel must be on to Negan because he keeps pushing for the confession because part of, I think there's this interlocking play thing. Negan wants to give Gabriel that fruitful death, you know? So he's trying to spin that weakness into a positive. And I think right. Gabriel's on to him, so he keeps cat and mousing him. Right. And yeah. manipulates him to not kill him in a way. Like he just, I'm this so broken and I'm so begging for this confession, which by the way, in some ways I feel like Father Gabriel isn't as hokey as he's making himself appear to be in front of Negan. Oh yeah. Think about it. I like, think so. I think even the little smile he gave him where it's like, I'm here for, you know, to take your confession. I'm like, it was pretty confident of, of Gabriel, you know, like I was very um, surprised by that. Very, very yeah. surprised by that. I do not know what he's thinking. Like with Gabriel, like where the thought process of the, the character, yeah. I, I just don't know if he's if he's putting something on, if he's being absolutely serious. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I'm certain of is that I'm fairly certain of is that Gabriel, Father Gabriel's on to Negan. He's he sees yeah. what it is. He he sees that he can't ha- that Negan can't help himself from exploiting people to become a resource, not just needlessly kill them. Right. And if they he does have to kill them as as was mentioned with the other with Glenn and Abraham he has to do it in such a spectacular way that it prevents people from never having to do it again and almost right. in a way that the show of force exhibited makes it so 
it so that you're convinced that Negan could protect you when you're under his care. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so menacing. It's so forceful. It's just an example unto the nations, you know? Right. Exactly. So it's, yeah. it's, very, it's very impressive, you know? He, he okay. sees the science. And he doesn't... Think about it. This guy was a priest. He knows people. He knows. He knows. He reads... He probably knows how to read people very well. He probably also worked with children, if you think about it. I mean, uh, not that uh, way. But I'm just talking about the, the, the you know, legit way. Um, yeah. You know? And that people have weakness. And, and maybe that's why the, he locked them out of the church. Maybe they were threatening him. And, and, and that's the... You know, that's why they locked him out of the church. They kept calling him... You know, all these names and all that stuff, all the parishioners. Yeah, right. So right. he knows people. He knows the herd mentality. Oh, man, I'm really starting to think more deeply about what he did. You know, as horrible yeah. as it was, I get it. You know, <sighs> how people are weak. Yeah. I mean, he may know very well. He he may. I think that both him and ironically, Negan are both very good at reading people. And so I think it's it's very interesting. It's very, very interesting. Wow. It really goes back to what we said at the top of the show about these disrupting characters, you know, these yeah. wild cards, these unknowns, these these people that have to catch up, the, the people that annoy us and frustrate us. But then you start to realize they frustrate us with good reason. They're just unique characters. You know, Gabriel, specifically Gabriel, Father Gabriel. For sure. Um, yeah. So let me see here. Uh, yeah, I've, I wrote so many notes. This is crazy. I literally <laughs> I feel like I wrote I, I think I wrote the script. Basically, I it's just been like even stage yeah. directions exit stage right punch in stage face <laughs> exactly that was perfect comic relief too it's like oh thanks asshole yeah 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 thank you for the confession i think that was that was actually pretty funny i appreciated that Here's your payment <laughs> i did appreciate that i thought that was pretty funny yeah, I do like I do like the fact that Negan, Negan um, makes a concerted effort to save Gabriel, Father Gabriel after tripping. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he does. Left, you know, he, he could have. That's a very good point. Like he very easily could have left left them behind, but he didn't. Like he could have left them behind as a distraction, which was one of the fears that I had. Like I thought to myself, well, you know, there is a possibility that he could make Gabriel into a sacrifice to distract, you know, the walkers, and he, you know, gets away. But he didn't. He did not. Mm. Is it me or is Dwight? Because I know I'm going, I know I'm darting back and forth, but Dwight is showing a lot more backbone and voice than he usually yes. does. Yes. He's been quiet for the most part with interactions with Negan uh, and, and everybody else for the most part. You know, one word answers, two word orders, you know, nothing big. Yes. But here he's just like, dude, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. You know, and just, you know, I don't That's need it. to be here. Like, yeah. Drug. No, I am. I think that it's, it's very interesting. I think that he's, but I think he's also playing his, his cards, you know, like, and maybe he is feeling confident because of the fact that he knows that, you know, his, you know, things are happening, you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, you know, yeah, maybe he does feel emboldened, let's say. Oh, and he's putting his balls on the table when it comes to the lieutenants too. Like he's kind of just... Yeah. Who is who is Dwight? He's not he's not one of the upper echelons. I mean, not really. He's not he's not an outpost leader, for goodness sake. No. So him putting his balls on the table like that, it, even though he's kind of just under Negan. I mean, still, there's a prestige to, let's say, Simon, Regina, Gavin, you know, even Eugene, right. let's say. Right. So who is he to kind of remind them what Negan's about? You know, and, and let me remind you that Negan is. Let me see. Hold on. Ah. Yeah, we keep what's ours and we don't don't give him a, uh, we don't give him a damn thing he reminds them of that the, who they are in the upper echelon you know it's it's, it's just kind of crazy that he's the one kind of pulling people together he's playing a good game 
Oh yeah, and he could be emboldened anyway. I mean, if you think about it, after killing Sherry, Sherry is her name, right? His, his wife's name. Mm. He didn't really do it. I mean, he just said he did it. I mean, he could be playing up that. You know, I'm mm. finally free of that, so I I don't have to harbor any. I'm I'm gonna go right. I'm gonna say right now that he didn't kill Sherry. I don't buy that for a second. No, no, no we we know that he didn't though either. Yeah, no, he did not. And I mark my words, Sherry's showing up <laughs> season nine. <laughs> or the end of season eight. Yes. Oh my god. Yep. Sherry showing up. Mark my words. Oh man. You, when you said he didn't kill Sherry, you're you're talking about um Dwight. Oh, I was thinking like uh Scott and Gimple because we know that he, she fled, you know? He didn't go right. after her. Right. She fled. But I'm saying like she's not dead. I don't buy oh, that yeah. like that, that she, you know, because I think she said in her note, like, oh, I'm not going to survive out here. I'm like, she, yeah. And unless we see it on screen happening, no. She's alive and she's showing up in season nine. <laughs> I'm going to oh, say that man. right now. I'm going to put, like, money on that right now. But, okay, so there's there's two things that, one would that would piss me off and the other one would be all right. But uh, the only way I could see her coming back is if it has value to the twists and turns. You know, like, so she comes back sometime in the middle where Negan still has this, they're still in war, right? Mm-hmm. And it throws everything in a tizzy. Now that would be cool. But if she just kind of comes after the fact and is with Dwight and they're happily ever after, or it's just some stupid thing that I don't really care about, like, oh, she comes back, but she's with another guy or something, or I don't know, or she comes back and and they're they're together again, and it's all it make it's just all cut and dry. That would just kind of be like, uh, okay, why did she leave? It just doesn't just make sense. Like I will say, I don't care that she's back. You know, for those that have read the comic. Sherry does play a role. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to put that little, put that there. Interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Now you're going to have to blog about it. Yes. And I'm never going to read it. Yes, it's kind of exactly. sad. I really do want to read it, but I am I just have to keep that perspective. I know. You know? I'm going to put like red tape all over and be like, spoiler, spoiler, do not read past this point right here. Right. Don't read it. These are the topics I'm talking about. And that's Thanks. it. Goodbye. So don't read past this point. Like, no, it'll but- just say, Dave, don't read past this point. Dave, <laughs> don't read past this point. Just stop right here. <laughs> Everybody else will get it. No need to spoon them a spoiler alert. <laughs> But yeah, I I definitely in general though with this show, unless somebody is killed on screen, I do not I would I would not make assumptions. I, I still say with Heath, Heath is another one. Season nine, he's showing up. <laughs> Keith is showing date, up. Man. Yep, season nine. You don't think he's gonna show up? You don't think either of them are gonna show up during this war? I don't think Sherry's gonna show up during this war. Heath, maybe. Maybe Heath. But I just don't know how they would bring him back or where he went. I don't know. So it's like I'm not necessarily sure but they but yeah but they probably well i was gonna say they probably don't want to wait too long to bring him back but at the same time they brought morales back <laughs> so you know they could bring him back in like season 14 for all we care you know they kind of brought merle back in a weird way you know yes that is true that is true i had this yeah. weird flash by the way when they were mentioning um the backsliding and who the previous guy that was in char- not the backsliding part sorry but when, when mm-hmm. negan mentioned the previous guy in charge did you get a flash of the governor for a sec yeah you know like sometimes i do periodically like you know and and sometimes it's just based on comparison because a lot of people obviously compare like oh who who was worse the governor or negan or whatever so that would be a very interesting parallel wouldn't it like allowing people to be weak yeah Hmm. how weak was he yeah because the governor was not weak Hmm. i mean the governor was another psychopath but uh. 
No, but in a way, he was weak. I mean, he wasn't putting away these the, the Walker heads. You know what I mean? He wasn't using his strength. He was just um, tethering he, himself to these remnants. Yeah. His daughter, I think, too, right? That was his daughter? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing. I think that this is something that... and th- I think this is why a lot of people have complaints with the Negan character, because with the governor, they did kind of give him some depth of character, where, you know, he... Like a you know, obviously, Yeah, like a kind of reason behind the madness of like where it's coming from like i mean if you think about it we saw a lot of the governor like in terms of like his daughter and how you know he was still keeping her even though she was a walker because he couldn't bear you know like killing her um what else his relationship with andrea um even his relationship after you know kind of going off on his own or whatever and and all that like so i mean you got a lot of background to who the governor was was and i think that they haven't really done that as much with the negan character so i think that that's something that is part of the reason why people are sort of like kind of like eh, a little sort of not completely on board with him but i think it's not the fault of like you know the actor or anything like that i think he's doing a very good job with what he's been given i think it's just that you know people want to see more and understand more of what he's about in order to be able to kind of believe that he's a complex compelling character you know especially for those who haven't read the comic you know oh it's starting as as we're talking we're starting to make i'm starting to make more and more sense of the relevance like the idea of people as a resource all the things that we've talked about in this episode i think we're doing his character development as a result of the it's you have to really break down the things he actually does in this episode it belies his menacing nature he's gonna be menacing it's gonna happen it's who he is but this whole other like compulsive part this this part that won't let him um waste people as a resource that with every little thing that we keep bringing up it's like it's like this uh black hole that it just keeps delivering more and more examples of how okay now i have to go back and watch the previous episodes to see how true that is and oh yeah he really wanted to rope in carl oh yeah he really wanted to get you know all these people onto his side the way he roped in eugene the way he's tried to rope everybody you know he really gives everybody a chance to be a resource about the only I'm, one that he didn't really give that chance to as much is Rick. And as much as he's allowed Rick to actually survive. And by even that token, he was able to give him all the chance in the world, you know, instead of killing him outright to get Rick's crew on board. You know, they could have replaced Rick with some sort of interim head, like one of the other lieutenants or maybe Dwight even. But for some reason, he just kept giving Rick chances over and over again, even though he's probably the most critical and brutal of him instead of converting him into some sort of resource. So yeah, that's about it for 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 Negan though. Yeah, I I agree. I I agree with that completely. I think that Rake is the first formidable uh, opponent that um, has kind of leveled the playing field. Uh, all the other um, people he's come across have been pretty much submissive. Yeah, to like him. Gregory, right? Or or have or came to be submissive, like Ezekiel, where you know he basically sized him up. I I I personally feel, and maybe we'll find out more about this in the future. I feel that Ezekiel's story about how um, Benjamin's father was 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 in a raid where where they were overcome by walkers and that sort of thing. I don't believe that either. I think, as you can tell, I'm very skeptical. I'm like, nope, I'm not believing that story. 
I believe that that was probably Ezekiel's first run in with the saviors. And that's when he lost um, potentially Benjamin's father, who was supposed to be the seasoned fighter and this and whatever. Like, I mean, someone like that wouldn't necessarily just get killed from a, 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 a walker incident or something. I mean, it could happen, obviously, but I, I just have a feeling that's the case. And Ezekiel probably realized the full force of the saviors at that point and struck a deal, made a deal. Right. And it worked for some time, obviously. Um, and I think he even said it's like it's, it's an uneasy piece, but it's a piece. So much like they took out Glenn and Abraham, I mean, you right. took out, out a really seasoned fighter, probably one of the best fighters that they have. And then oh, Glenn, yeah. just to give him a little misery. Right. No, absolutely. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that Rick is the first person who has not broken. He hasn't broken him. He tried very, very hard. Carl, right. Mm-hmm. But he has not broken him. And he is essentially his counterpart or his peer that is giving him a run for his money. And so this is a very, very different opponent than he's accustomed to. Right. Because he could have he could have given it uh, the Alexandrians, let's just say, to, let's say, Regina, at where right. the kingdom has Gavin mm-hmm. and the hilltop has Simon. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what makes Ale- the Alexandria different? What makes Rick's crew different? And then Negan's like, this guy's going to be a problem. These guys are seasoned right. fighters. All of them right. know how to fight. All which of them is know like how another to topic unto itself, by the way. Yeah. No, it's very yeah. true because that is not the case for... For these situations. I mean, you see that, I, I mean, and this was, you know, this is something that Rick has pointed out quite, you know, all the time when they first got to Alexandria, that these people just were not uh, at a capable point to be able to survive because they've been kind of sheltered, you know, from what was going right. on behind like these walls. Whereas like Rick and his team has like moved from like location to location where as they've had to, and as for a certain point was like, you know, living like in the woods after, um, or was it after the prison fell? And it, well, after yeah. term I guess I should say after yeah, Terminus, yeah. they were kind of like in limbo for a little bit until they, you know, eventually were found by Aaron. But um, so they have had to survive. They they know how to, and they and they have. So they're a very different opponent than Negan's used to. He knows that these are not people that are just going to just submit. That, that's not going to happen. And I think he's very clear about that, especially now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that much is clear. And, and not only that, he's rallied all the other like the hilltop and the the kingdom to really fight against the saviors which kind of puts his whole top heavy philosophy slash organization at risk because it's all top heavy management and then you have all these other people that are under him that are mm-hmm. depending on the few people that can fight now. Yeah, yeah. So, so interesting. It is very oh. interesting. So I think there are two things that kind of go hand in hand here. The one thing I want to bring up is, okay, so I think that Simon's days are kind of numbered. I know we mentioned this before, okay. but specifically when the workers were revolting. That was very interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was, whole exchange. That whole exchange was, that whole exchange was very in- interesting. Um, I love that Gavin is feeling very um, apprehensive about everything that's going on. You can tell that Gavin is very apprehensive. He knows that this is like a, a pressure cooker situation. Yeah, he uh, doesn't know what to do. No, no, <laughs> so. not at all. Not at all. I wonder how he got to his point. <laughs> like, Gavin, it's kind of like one of those guys like at work that you're like, how did you get here? But <laughs> Middle management. Yeah, middle like you management. Said, you literally said middle management. I, it is. It's middle management. But no, 
know. Like that's what I. He definitely is feeling the pressure, and he is very apprehensive of, of what's going on. And with Simon, I think that Simon. Yeah, I definitely see Simon with issues with the workers because, I mean, the workers signed up for this in exchange for what they'd be getting. You know, they are the workers, but in exchange for protection, in exchange for the resources of food, water, shelter. I mean, the basics, essentially. And, you know, now you're... Right. And now you're seeing that, okay, you know, the power's been shut down or trying to preserve, you know, supplies or goods or whatever, and the natives are getting restless. Um, And I think that Simon and Regina's approach is very, very volatile to these workers and very kind of like, we're up here, you guys are down here, literally down there. I think that they were telling them to get back to their, like, I don't know if it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, where presumably it's it's hot, I guess they were saying that it's very hot. Oh, because the AC was on. Yeah, I remember right. Yeah, AC in the apocalypse. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Isn't that I'm like sorry. most of the reason why you'd be a savior? Because oh, in in a in a world where we're in the south and it's hot basically yes. year round. Yeah, you know, ace in muggy. Whatever. Saviors have air conditioning, central yeah. air. <laughs> so uh, surviving, you know, in a prison or out in the wilderness or in terminus or in this one big factory or central warehouse. air. Exactly. <laughs> central air. Exactly. Not even a choice at this oh, point. Hold, hold on one second i'm sorry no problem we seem to be having technical difficulties please stand by okay i'm back perfect but so yeah. yeah i mean that's pretty enticing to be a savior under those conditions right right exactly but this whole this whole sequence of events i, I really the person that i have the most focus on here is simon because yes it's the way it comes about you know he's again impatient you know he, he's he's like wanting to get at the first person that regina does take the shot in the end so i think that right. may slow down simon's eventual demise mm-hmm. but there is this keen sharp observation being made by Negan saying, I'm disappointed in you. Yes. You know, know, this is not going to bode well for you. Well, I have to wonder what that backstory is, too. Yeah. I I have to wonder what that backstory. Yeah, yeah. That backstory plus, like, the philosophy that we've been talking about throughout the show. Like, Simon, dude, you're willing to waste these resources. You, We already said at the top of the show, are we backsliding? You know, so this is not what I want. I want to flip people. I don't want to... These people aren't something you can discard with at, at whim right. because it's an inconvenience to you. And if it means, right. and that's why, why what he says to Gabriel in the trailer is so prescient about their relationship with the workers. It's like, if right. I'm not there, I don't trust oh. any of these guys to be able to hold on to these people as resources because I am yeah. seem to be the only one who, who first of all, cares who, about the philosophy. Who, who truly understands basically what needs to be done and that killing is not necessarily, you know, something to take lightly. If it has to happen, it's, it's like we talked about before. It has to happen. It has to happen, but it has to be for in in order to save numerous others, like killing right. one to save many others, but not just arbitrarily killing for the sake of killing. Right. And I think that he and he said it himself. He's like, if I'm not there, this whole thing falls apart. Yeah. And. I mean, that's exactly what we saw. It was like, you know, jackals just basically like ready to tear themselves apart from the inside. And I mean, these people were grateful to see Negan alive. I mean, oh, yeah. they, they thank literally, God thank God for you. Like they were grateful to see him because he is, he does maintain law and order. He maintains law and order. He provides for them. And so, um, you know, I mean, it, it just proved the point that he was making to Gabriel that he needs to be there. That Negan and, would make a better Trump is what you're trying to 
she's the law and order president. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> God, I, I know. I, I think that, yeah, I think that Negan definitely exudes more uh, presidential behavior, <laughs> I guess. It'd be a communist country, but, you it'd know, be, yeah. make America but, Russia again. <laughs> oh Something, God. I don't know. <laughs> Jeez, that's sad. No, I think the worst comparison I heard was when they were like, well, you know, it's like the country's starting to be governed, you know, slightly better than maybe Cersei Lannister would. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's a sizable improvement from Cersei Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> sizable enough away, but very, like in the grand scheme, kind of close to. <laughs> kind of close to. Still in the same umbrella. Oh yeah, and, and the, and the same umbrella of tyrant slash whim, whimsy kind of thing. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, on a dime I can just, you know, hurt somebody and then oh everybody will love me. Yeah. Oh man. So the only now, thing that I have left in my notes that's in any way relevant is uh is the whole thing that okay, so Gabriel and Negan are about to leave the trailer and they're boring up. I, I was gonna say something actually before we even got to that point. Oh, okay, I okay. I thought it was interesting. Um uh what was what exactly um Gabriel's pushing of the confession, but specifically in terms of his decisions with the wives when he was kind of saying like you know Carl said you have numerous wives and you know that said because and you can tell he was kind of walking away from him like sort of like answering him saying like oh well these you know these women have a choice you know it's 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 trying to justify you know his decision because it's like is it a choice I mean how much how much of a choice do they have I mean like what are the repercussions if they don't take you up on that offer I mean exactly. so I mean there was that and then the the prodding of um you know basically like did you have a wife before this and you know he has to basically kind of collect them collect himself and say you know Lucille give me strength and um so th- that that was a very touchy subject, the very uh, touchy subject there that oh. he he had to kind of step away from a little bit. And, oh uh, yeah, the himself. Lucille give me strength is is a perfect example of that. Like I really want to convert this guy, but I really want to kill him too. <laughs> right now, yeah, exactly, because he touched a raw nerve. That was oh, yeah. very much uh, a raw nerve there. So I I think it was I think it was interesting. It was very interesting, and I think like we got snippets of his background for sure, and I'm sure. We'll, we'll get more. I mean, I, at this point, part of me is like, I don't really know if I want more. Mm-hmm. And I, I say that only because of the exposition that we've kind of taken on mm-hmm. and knowing his operating philosophy, which, you know, if we didn't have this episode to really expound on this idea, then I would definitely want more. But now that we've mm-hmm. kind of gone through it, we can also go back and see all these different examples of how like, okay, this character isn't like a random guy. This guy right. isn't like a caricature. We kind of have the nuts and bolts to him. At this right. point, yeah, we could get more backstory, but if, if we did it may even be not necessary i think there's more of like i don't know if i want this guy's past but now mm-hmm. i kind of want to know his future you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and maybe things will come out in the course of him either changing or right you know in leading up to his death which is questionable obviously because of many different reasons but mm-hmm. but now it's it's just a matter of okay i've gotten enough maybe mm-hmm. we can maybe we can stop here and maybe we'll pick it up again some other time but now i'm in a good place so it's it's but it's I want to go back to your your idea on the Lucille give me strength thing because mm-hmm. this also shows 
this unique strength of Father Gabriel. He's really tapping into yeah. his professional capabilities. Like he went for the jugular. Like and he kept like and he kept pushing. And talk about threading the needle. Like Gregory thre- threading the ne- needle with his thin thin dick. Gabriel <laughs> knows how to do it. He's literally threading that needle. You know, he's finding yeah. the spots. He's really you know hand weaving himself into Negan's psyche and trying to pull out the one thing that he can yeah. just tap and then also pull a Negan and not try to flip him, but try to kind of at least unnerve him enough to f- see that there's value to Gabriel. It's like this weird uh, caduceus kind of, uh, you know, where the snake eats itself kind of thing. Like yes. if yes. I do this, Negan will see value in me. But if I do this, it'll ta- it'll get me closer to him. He's walking know? that line. Yeah. He's definitely walking that it's line. It's like they need each other. He's gotten himself yes. to a point where they actually, they can't help but get each other. It's, it's right. really cool to see if you really open your mind to it. So yeah, no, I think so. And I think he basically kind of uh, proved himself too. like he wasn't, you know, again, none of them are weak whatsoever. So I think he really kind of proved how strong and how brave he is by being persistent and going straight after him. And I think that probably like earned him some respect, I would say. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, uh, and oh yeah, which kind of, so it actually does kind of bring us up to the gore thing now, where they're going up to to just breach this horde uh, between them and the sanctuary. That's like a favorite trick they like to do on this show, isn't it? Like every, every season or every couple of seasons that comes up, it's like, we're going to cover ourselves in zombie guts and we're going to be able to like walk through the herd for a certain point of time. Yeah, it's like once a season. Like in Fear, that. in Fear of the Walking Dead, they do this a lot, but like... I've heard in, about in, that. Yeah, in the Walking Dead, they fear, do that. Yeah, I've heard that in Fear of the Walking Dead, they do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. It, But yeah, it's this whole... Yeah, but but before they do that, there's one thing that was said that makes the end scene where Gabriel's in the shivers, and that's... Okay. He's saying like all these bodies are out in the sun, and they get all roiled up in this heat, and the guts... Mm. Gross and man, you could get really sick from this. I've seen it. He's like, Oh, I'm from Georgia, so I don't really get that. Oh. So, very prescient. And so, here's the thing is it because is it does Gabriel either feign sickness because of that line? Does he hold on to that piece of information and he's faking it, or is he really sick? You know, I assumed, this- I assumed that he really was sick. Like, my my reaction was that because I had been kind of thinking that he was, you know, I, I, I've, I've said this before, it's like, How long is Gabriel? going to be around for exactly and so when i saw him get sick or when i when they showed him at the end like shivering and kind of delirious like talking about dr carson and having to get him to maggie and all of that i really did think that he was sick i mean that was my that i i bought it hook line and sinker so i don't know if he necessarily is faking it it would be interesting if he was faking it just as a ploy to get yeah. out of his situation yeah well, just given That's that line because they didn't have to say that right you know he no, they didn't we have to we could have just taken it as gospel like oh gospel of Gabriel uh, that he would just get sick oh okay that makes sense they were sick in the prison you know all a lot of them were sick in the prison a lot so of them got sick in the prison that makes yeah. sense but the fact that Negan actually said it says he's maybe, seen it before yeah like maybe th- he's faking it maybe he's taking that bit of information like I wouldn't know and then now mm-hmm. he knows and like oh I didn't know what I was getting into wink wink yeah. so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's it's something that you could throw up there and just say okay maybe he is faking maybe maybe okay because I was on board like you said like you said, right. I, was, I took it for you know okay he's sick that makes sense mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. I don't know just something to think about you know and maybe he, there's yeah. a double plot to this like okay he sends Eugene off and then he does, I don't know maybe there's more to do here so uh, it's just very interesting and then 
really, I think all we really have left is, are the sneak peeks that we saw. Yes. And that's going to be interesting because the first sneak peek we get is Rick and the garbage people and him basically saying, join or be destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is where the Polaroids are going to come into play. I think he oh, basically think so? is going to, sh- I think so. Like in, in that respect, seeing that, I think that those Polaroids are basically, you know, kind of propaganda, but, you know, actually, you know, reality of like, look, you basically took their side because you thought that they were the better deal and the the better pony to bet to bet your money on and you know we're here to tell you no like look what we've been able to do to these guys and i think that that's where it's going to come in um with them i would i thought that those polaroids were kind of come into play with them or with oceanside right right one group or the other but in seeing that i'm venturing to say that we're going to see those polaroids yeah that maybe maybe it, the polaroids are more effective in convincing the trash people yes the trash hipsters <laughs> Yes. Okay, I'm on board. Um, next sneak peek. Well, well, let's exposit a little bit because do you think this is going to motivate the trash hipsters to join the cause? That's that's a big question. I don't know. I don't trust these guys. That's my problem with it's them. Really it's really hard. Like I just, it's really hard. You know, like you need the resources, especially after what happened with um with the kingdom. Yeah. I mean, because basically they had your most seasoned fighters, essentially, other than Alexandria itself like Rick's group and now they've all been destroyed so now what I mean you need you need fighters you know so at the end of the day it's like they are resources which is what we've been talking about like people are resources right. as long as you can get them to see your way of things so oh yeah that is definitely yeah. a, a possibility I mean I'm not crazy about them because obviously as we've seen they can turn coat you know right. at the drop of a hat yeah but and at the same yeah. time they're resources what are you gonna do yeah so you're you're just explaining the stakes but I'm kind of loath to say that two things. One, there's no question in my mind that all of these guys are fighters. You know, they've they've their right. whole makeup is kind of to show that with the slick back hair, nobody can grab onto it. With them right. kind of weaving in and out of the trash, knowing the terrain, they really kind of. It seems to me that they have a grasp on stealth. I was, on I was going to say that would be a very interesting, I would say, um, uh, battle area because I mean, there's a lot of sight lines and areas where you. Can hide like they have like a maze you yeah. know within that 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 trash keep you yeah. know so uh, it's it's interesting it's interesting possibilities like they definitely are strategic and you know I mean they had an they had an uh, what is it a uh, what was his name the the walker that the fought Rick I forget his name oh I Winslow. don't know Winslow oh, I don't remember the name yes yeah, name was Winslow <laughs> so yeah I mean they definitely I mean yeah they definitely are much more capable of fighting than you know hilltop for example hilltop is not equipped for that i mean they will support but they are not fighters that is not their thing whatsoever um and then with um oceanside i i hope that the oceanside reappears because they are definitely they're fighters as well i mean yeah Yeah. it's just it's just women and yeah it's just women but i mean these are obviously some tough chicks so i i hope i I hope to see them yeah they're skilled and on edge too they're yeah they they're ready right and they have and they have a, a 
a score to settle too. So I yeah. mean, it's in their interest also to you know. To, yeah, to I mean, I, I'll venture a guess too that that the the trash hipsters will join Rick. I mean, yeah. it's it seems to me. I mean, so like I was just trying to establish was like, look, they're skilled fighters. They they know the terrain. They have the idea of stealth, but they also are very pragmatic. And the only reason why they didn't join Rick is because in many ways they don't have. They're not convinced that going with Rick and and really trying to ruin this relationship with the saviors is in their best interest. You know, right. they must have some sort of profit sharing or some sort of they must have some sort of thing because like obviously the saviors can't invade them. Their terrain is right. like you said, too much of a maze, too little sight lines. They don't they probably don't even know how many trash shipsters as we don't, uh there are. So right. it's not in their best interest. So it's in the saviors best interest to to strike a deal, probably for yeah. the flyer. <laughs> so yeah. so yeah, it's it's very interesting where we can go with that. Um the next sneak peek though is Maggie and Jesus. And this one's a lot yes. more interesting. And like and she literally says to Jesus, you should not have put this in the, put us in this situation. Oh, in this yeah. position. Yeah. Every option is on the table. And that line to me is like, okay, now we're getting a little closer to the heart of Maggie's, you know, wavering philosophy. Like we weren't really sure where on the scale she was. Like, right. oh, is she full Morgan? Is she uh, mm-hmm. kind of Jesus? You know, so mm-hmm. something something shifting and it's shifting in the uh, the amoral yeah. position, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. Because Jesus put them in a very tough situation. And I think that you start to see um, what's his name, uh, Jared or whatever. Like it seems like he's oh. like cutting his bands, like you know, right. loosening, you know, and uh, it does. It puts them in a very precarious position, you know, because you've got people who are loose cannons. I mean, not all, right? But still, you do right. have a few very dangerous like individuals in that group. Elements, <laughs> elements, with yeah. people who are not fighters. The hilltop. Are are not people who are who who know how to defend themselves until you know from guys like this right right it's there's a distinct possibility that they don't have quite the fighting capabilities like they were training and there was obvious training but how much could we train in such a short period of time right you know, it's not like the kingdom it's not like they were giving the kingdom drills they already know mm-hmm. how to fight right you know, these, these guys are learning from scratch I mean yeah. and probably learning more on the lines of trying to face walkers too right. so I don't know if they're designed to really fight people no that's a question i mean jesus can't save them all (laughs) (laughs) couldn't couldn't help it couldn't help throwing it in there i mean that literally but also you know yeah he's got some fighting moves but still maybe we get to see them hey how about that you never know that'd be cool i've said before it would be great to see because it's one of those i i i think that the the jesus character really hasn't been tapped into as much as they could so i'd be curious to see you know a jesus Maggie conflict and where that's happening. Uh, we still don't know where Morgan is. Morgan left. Yeah. And he's yeah, just... I, I'm convinced he's not coming back for a while. Yeah, he know. might. He might not come back until some some moment where he needs to jump in and save the day. And Maybe. Ah, Maybe self-sacrifice too. Who knows? I could see that. I could yeah. see that. And, and I think there, there'd be, they would do it in a way that's kind of poetic. If you think yes. about it, like in the way that he says he can't die, there yeah. has to be some sort of written way, story-wise, where he can die, but only in such and such circumstance and that would be yeah. kind of cool because oh technically he can't die but he can kill himself or something i don't know like right something yeah like that. i could that, definitely see that for yeah, that would sure. make more sense yeah so and okay. and i mean morgan's character is such a you know he, he's been there for so long he's such a pivotal character that 
I, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they, I, I, I would think that they would do his, his character justice, you know, for sure. And kind of sure. give him like a noble, uh, like you said, poetic death. I think so. Yeah. I mean, literally the first episode, if you remember, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, that's, yeah. I Wow. I'm, I'm Now I'm way more invested. Just just remembering the fact that he's been there literally from the beginning. and From the you know, beginning. Since day one. Yeah. Wow. Like, I mean, it's kind of like the Glenn situation. It's like, you got to give those kind of characters a very you know a very pronounced send-off if you're going to send them off it needs to be done in a certain way it can't just be sort of like that's why the whole glenn dying in the dumpster thing was just like just not at all realistic it's like no you you can't just like kill off a main character like that like such a big main character in such a sort of nonchalant like sort of way oh man but we all kind of we I, all yeah kind no of i know almost fell for it it's i know but, and we, we would all... be like oh it makes sense they do this to us all the time right exactly like i I literally remember sitting in the basement of like our house and like me and like my husband Eddie like sitting there and just kind of watching it like kind of in no. disbelief like did we did that just happen like wait like did that just wait. really happen it's like no no yes no wait I don't know wait I don't know they're talking about on talking to- wait it could be oh no what no I was like but they didn't do an in memoriam for him <laughs> oh they I I can't, I think they did you know what I mean I and then they did like a know. rewind the next week or something I I don't remember. Oh. How he did it, but it was they like did, did play it off like they did, like he did, if I remember right. I don't think they put so, question yeah. marks. I'm gonna rewatch that, but yeah, uh, yeah, they, they like to play with our emotions, I, and rightly so. I mean, that yeah. that was a good move, like it, it was good enough that people could accept it, yeah, even though they didn't want to. They was like, oh, okay, I guess this happened. I don't want to watch yeah. this show anymore, but I do, yeah. <laughs> they were like, I guess this happened, and then it was like, no, he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh man. Yeah. But, okay. So the so the ne- the last thing is we do see a sneak peek of Daryl and Tara, Tara getting together and wanting to kill Negan. I hope that this isn't another well i don't know like i mean do you think this show would kill off daryl oh um because this is entirely possible i think it's entirely possible but this is another suicide mission deal because i'm like if you guys we've done this before (laughs) and we've all seen how that ended up because yeah i mean there's this has happened numerous times you know and i it's you know tara's been tara's right now on the same kind of kick that rosita and sasha were on like now tara's on this kick so now she's all like gung-ho like whatever we gotta kill these people whatever and again daryl is of the same mindset right but i mean to kind of go in and say like okay we're gonna do this i'm like now you guys are just going like full-on kamikaze style like i mean you're not doing anybody any favors by going about things this way but it'll be curious to see if you know daryl and um daryl and tara you know if they're equivalents to that in the saviors is that simon and regina i don't know like it'll be curious to see like if we we see some of the same kind of like blasphemy or mutiny among the ranks over on the savior side too i mean i think that negan's more too well well rick is aware of daryl's thoughts and and where he's at obviously since they had literally a fist fight over it but i don't know if he would necessarily like squash that the way negan seems to want to like squash what was happening with simon right Mm. away and you know what given our sneak peek of tara and jesus or not tara uh maggie and jesus it could be that daryl heads over to the hilltop which it sounds like he's doing Mm -hmm. and then squashes whatever escape that jared tries to take 
and then maybe some other people get in the mix and then Daryl's kind of convinced, okay, these people can't be reasoned with, talks to Tara and says, we got to take these guys out. You know, that sort of thing. And right. that's the only way I could see that them actually going through with it is like, okay, yet another example of we can't keep these guys alive. You right. know what I mean? So, right. Oh, man. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can see that. I can see it going that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ugh. we've got we've got a lot of exciting routes to discover right now with just yes. everything we've called. And more than anything, it's the biggest takeaway from this episode is we could go into more backstory into Negan, but we really now have the operating mechanisms in which he operates redundant. Right. <laughs> But we can really know the inner workings now. Yeah, we understand. We can see what the inner workings are. And 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 I like getting glimpses of that. I definitely like getting glimpses of like, okay, this is what's going on over over on uh, the savior side. I I like it personally. Yeah, yeah. And and then we can sort of piece together what's to come Mm -hmm. as a result of all this. And really, almost in a way, kind of humanize Negan in in a in a way because yeah, the brutality and and has a purpose and his idea of how valuable he places kind of the utmost value on people which is not what you would have thought in the introduction of him into the series right so that to me is gold that was just that made that whole episode all the tension and all the twists and turns just worth every penny yeah spend So, uh, yeah, I agree. So with that, everybody, I think uh, we can leave uh, this show off on a good note, on a good squashy, pulverized, pureed note. <laughs> and, yes, indeed. And uh, write us an email if you want, squawkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're waiting for your <laughs> phone call. We just, we just, you know, we want to get that phone call. And um, yeah. we uh, will catch you next week. Sounds good. See you next week. <laughs>